Welcome back to the I'm Open Podcast. Today we are bringing in our official Wisconsin expert to let us know, is the internet drowning in goat shit? Does Mo Bamba the person hate Mo Bamba the song? And does the NCAA have a vendetta against robots? All this and so much more coming up next on I'm Open Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, somebody we've been wanting to get on the I'm Open podcast for a very long time. We finally worked it out with his agent, with his uh, assistant. We got it fit into his schedule. Arthur Staub, an incredible athlete, a great person, and we're so excited to have you here in the studio, Arthur. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. Hopefully the first of many times on the I'm Open podcast. I would love that. So, first... I wanted to talk about somebody near and dear to my heart who I think is near and dear to your heart as well. And Arthur is from the great state of Wisconsin. And somebody right now is kicking ass and taking names, uh, of course, in Wisconsin and all over the country, is a fellow by the name of Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I, you know, normally we don't do this on this pod, but I just want to just take a, a moment just to let you explain to everyone just how what what a special person this guy is what makes him so special why do you love him i love him too so i'll jump in here too but like why why do you love this man because i i really love this man why is he so lovable and i i do think in a couple years Giannis is going to be the face of the nba he already is maybe this year going to be the mvp i think he should be the mvp so what makes him so lovable? Why do you love him? Why do the people of Milwaukee love him so much? And just give America a little warning, because in a couple of years, this dude is going to be on everybody's TV screens, selling shoes, right. on sides of buses and stuff. This guy's the man. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Milwaukee loves Giannis Antetokounmpo. Got to get his name right. Mm-hmm. Antetokounmpo. Yep. And... Uh, He's he's a he's he's very he's a good representative of the Milwaukee attitude. We we, yeah. we see a lot of ourselves in Giannis. He's uh he's kind of a blue collar guy. He's been grinding out grinding out uh on the DL for a number of years now. We took him on a whim in 2013 mm-hmm. in the first round and people were skeptical, but he fit in really well with the culture that we have in Milwaukee uh in that we put our heads down and we grind it out yeah. and we wait for our moment to shine. And we trust we trust in the people around us. Giannis has done exactly that. He took his first years buckled down, and he only got he's gotten better over the years, of mm. course, you know, exponentially so in the last year or so. But Giannis has been fully committed to Milwaukee in in, in a very appreciative way of what we offered to him, which was the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, in, and and in the Midwest, you know, we like that attitude. And and when he, you know when he when he signed that five year contract uh, a year and a half ago, you know, he said he wanted to do for Milwaukee what. Kobe did for LA and right where I did it she sealed his 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 you know his image in our eyes you know we that's what we've been looking for a long time we've had a lot of people come and go in Milwaukee a lot of bad decisions from the you know management but this one we're feeling really good about you know and it's his attitude really that really gets us gets us behind him it really is and he just makes me smile just thinking about him like when he first uh I remember when he first got to Milwaukee and he didn't even bring a jacket because he had like I mean, right. and it's sort of like an odd couple, but it's a perfect match. Like yeah. he's from Greece; they call him the Greek freak. But his parent, his parents are of Nigerian descent, right. uh, so it's like he's kind of like, st- and he's also seven foot two, right. three. We don't really know. He's st- he's been growing, yeah, right, like- right, right. He's freak. he's grown like three inches since we drafted him, which yeah. is just like super lucky. That's absurd. Right? He was yeah. eighteen and he was six, what nine, and now he's six eleven and a half. Or so, yeah. so awesome, but. Yeah, his 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 story about coming over here and his story growing up is obviously very endearing. We lo- like another reason we love him in Milwaukee. But when he got to Milwaukee, one of the funnier things I've heard about him is that on the first day of practice, he was he was he showed up to the city on on his own. No one knew about him. Yeah. He was living downtown, but maybe like a couple miles from the stadium. Yeah. But he didn't have a car. He didn't have a cell phone. He didn't. He couldn't get a ride to practice. He was late, so he literally jogged from his apartment to the stadium to make it to practice That's on time. Insane. Just yeah. out of just you know. Well, he's just such a humble guy, and he came up from like I know there was a time when he was like in high school where he had to like take a season off, I think to like get a job to support right. his family. Support his family right. And he's all about family. And I feel like that goes to like why people in Wisconsin oh, love him so much. It's like a very family oriented cult. I mean, obviously yeah. everybody loves their family, 
but I mean, no, but yeah, family first, you know, yeah, I'm, family and, first, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, you know, even over sports, this it's a, definitely important for him to have kind of demonstrated that, you know, uh, in terms of you know, winning the hearts of Milwaukee, he's. He's a salesman. I mean, he lived on this, you know, he lived, made a living for his family working, you know, on, in the street selling, you know, odds and ends for his family. It's another, you know, thing that translates well to the NBA in terms of bringing talent. Yeah. He's no, he's, he's a hard worker and we can tell. Yeah. I think another thing that is really endearing about Giannis and that I love about him is he just like has, he just exudes joy and you can just tell he just loves playing basketball. Right. And I know, you know, most professional athletes, they obviously love their sport because that's their job that's what they've been doing their whole life but he really like he's smiling he's having fun he's mean mugging and like i remember when he i it was like when he was in summer league or his rookie season he just tweeted like omg i just tasted for the first time a smoothie and he was just like all caps so excited right and it's like joyful like he wasn't like oh i'm embarrassed that i've never had a smoothie he's just like holy shit a smoothie why haven't i had a smoothie yeah and like i feel like that's what makes his teammates also love him and people just magnify towards him i I know i know i did not use magnifying the correct (laughs) no you're right he 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 does yeah he does bring that out of people around him his enthusiasm is really unparalleled that smoothie example is a good idea just how he how his view on on like uh uh you know new experiences and people that don't know the way yet is just like enthusiasm is like oh you learned that today awesome <laughs> yeah awesome. this is awesome yeah <laughs> yeah and like to him the whole thing is just awesome like it's not like oh man we have right. practice or, oh man he's just like right. this is incredible like he just you can tell he appreciates he the, does, yeah. the opportunity he has yeah yeah and i mean he's bringing his family along with him he's got those brothers one yeah. plays at dominican high school in in wisconsin oh, yeah? private school and he you know he goes to the games and is they, he doing you know, is his brother doing well his brothers yeah i mean they just won like the state tournament or something okay. like that yeah his yeah. brother's doing well i mean he's he's yeah and I know he do, he does have another brother who plays in the G League for da- the Dallas, Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, yeah he's and then he has there. another brother who's like a all star in the in Greek Greece, League. Yeah. So the whole family, the whole family. Yeah, I think we should take a hard look at that boy from that he's playing in the Greek, <laughs> Greek League. That, and yeah. see if we can. Probably I'm nice. so excited, and I'm sure. Obviously, you know the Milwaukee fans, Wisconsinites. Is it Wisconsinites? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I'm sure they're Wisconsinites. I know they're all proud Americans, but I'm sure the next time the Olympics come around, it's going to oh, be like yeah. also side kind of rooting for Team Greece. Oh, 100%. We're going to, yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially if they have four Antetokounmpo brothers playing for Greece at the same time. Like, I, I might would, even be rooting. That would oh, be dude, funny. We would be out there. Yeah, we would fly out there to see that. We, we, we got, you know, Giannis is back and that's his whole family. We're going to be enthusiastic about him all the way across the board. And that yeah. would be just be so fun to have four on to the Kumpos playing. And I'm sure that would be their dream too, to have them all playing like on the same yeah, court dude, at the same I'd, time. I'd love to hear the announcers <laughs> announcing that game, trying to pronounce their last name each time they all score. Yeah. Four of them. Well, also you'd be like, which one has it? Like, yeah. On the Kumpo, on the Kumpo. Set the screen in front of the Kumpo. Rebound, on the Kumpo, up the yeah. floor. It's like, <laughs> that is going to be hilarious. Yeah. And they can't, they can't use the cop in, in, you know, in the NBA, the announcers don't even try and they say Giannis. They can't, yeah. they won't, they won't be able to do that. Yeah. Or they can't just say the Greek freak because they're all Greek. Yeah, yeah, Greek freak one, two, three, four. Yeah, probably wouldn't be cool. So, something that you know, this conversation makes me think of, like Giannis. In my opinion, he should be the MVP this season, and I have a feeling you probably agree with me. I do agree. Uh, He's been balling out, and he's like he's the only real superstar on the team, and he's elevated to them a level where they have the best record in the whole NBA, even better than the Warriors, who everybody right. has the super team, super duper team, whatever, five all-stars. Well, you guys have, I mean, you have two all-stars, but you have one superstar. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's like he has elevated that team to be the best team in the league this season, which is yeah. awesome. So it brings me to the whole GOAT conversation. People keep talking and a lot of people are like, who's the GOAT? LeBron, MJ. But it's... On Instagram, and I, I do use Instagram, I know you do as well, uh, and all of our fans, if you're not following us yet on Instagram, I'm open underscore pod, you'll enjoy yourselves, trust me. Uh, we actually had a great uh, post just the other day, I was very proud of, it was a face mash between Giannis and John F. Kennedy, and I said, President Giannis F. Kennedy, and I was very <laughs> proud of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I see on Instagram all over, 
everybody like everybody thinks everybody is the goat. Right. Right? Like if there's a post of Kobe, goat. Post of Steph Curry, people are posting goat. LeBron, the goat. You know, MJ, the goat. Giannis, the goat. Like KD, the goat. Like, so goat stands for greatest of all time. Right? So that's the thing where it's like, I'm happy that people are supporting each other, um, building each other up. I always want positive more positivity in the world. That makes me happy. But how many people can really be the GOAT? Do you think we're getting, Arthur, um, a little out of hand with the, goat sh- with the GOAT shit? Like, everybody is calling everybody the GOAT. Like, every time I, f- I open Instagram, every, every fucking post, somebody thinks that person's the GOAT. Like, I appreciate that people think each other are great, but we can't have this many GOATs. Do you think we're getting out of hand, or do you think it's just become like a sort of slang term that just doesn't really mean what it was supposed to mean? No, it's 100% out of control. And I think there can be, in the truest sense of the phrase, greatest of all time, there can be only one, right? And yeah. it's not uh, in flux. These things don't change. I think the crux of the problem is the the emoji. Mm-hmm. The emoji that Apple has for the goat, I think it's a, it's led to a lot of people overusing mm-hmm. that term, you know, through the emoji. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just too easy. I mean, people are not people are not having critical discussions that would lead to an actual winner of that, you know, greatest of all time just too easy now to call someone to go. Yeah, and maybe people are like greatest, maybe people mean it in different ways, like this is my greatest friend of all time, greatest running back of all time. But like at this point, we, we people do have like, Dot, Todd Gurley will post and people will be like, goat running back, or Odell Beckham, sad, so sad, breaks my heart, but people will be like, goat, goat receiver, goat. First of all, goat means like best of all time, not goat. All time. The a, the AT of GOAT stands for all time. So you can't say like GOAT running back right now because that's like an oxymoron. Right. It's yeah. like, okay, is Todd Gurley the best running back of all time? No. Is he the best running back in the NFL right now? Yeah, maybe. There's a, He could be. But GOAT right now, that's not like saying yeah, like – uh, yeah. It would be, t- be a hard thing to be GOAT and still be playing. <laughs> Right, I mean, because yeah. your your story isn't over, and it's uh, like the greatest of all time will have the best story in the in the game for that particular sport. Exactly. So how can you judge someone that hasn't, isn't over? I mean, it, you know, obviously there's the Tom Brady discussion. You know, he's still playing, and it is probably will be the goat. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll. I, I'm going to hold that discussion until he's retired. Person. Yeah. I think yeah, we're going. We've gone. To, we've gone too far. We're diluting the term. You know, I think we're, and it makes it feel like people who really are the goat. Like Muhammad Ali right. or Michael Jordan or whatever. It's like, okay, if you're out here calling like Ezekiel Elliott the GOAT, like he's great, yeah. but it's just like the dude's been that's like a, three seasons. That's offensive. <laughs> I'd be offended. Yeah. Least... Or it's like, yes. okay, if you're out here like, hey, oh yeah, Bruno Mars, GOAT. It's like, well, I'm sorry. Like, what about Michael Jackson or what, you know, yeah. Rolling Stones, Stevie yeah. Wonder, like people who have like long ass careers regardless of its sports entertainment whatever right i think we should we should start a transition from using the word as the goat to to my goat oh my goat so it's yeah. a subjective his sub, there's he's the star of your team yeah. of course you're gonna think he's the goat yeah why, why don't we just start saying my goat my goat yeah. like i know people yeah. want to give just like su- yeah. superstar i don't know maybe there's another animal we can do Ooh. to your point like the yeah. emoji looks cool it's very poignant tall yeah. standing above the rest yeah 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 Head and shoulders above the rest. Thanks to Arthur and myself. From now on, if you see somebody you really love, and just be careful and think really, really the goat. Or if not, just put the giraffe emoji. They're standing head and shoulders above the rest. And the movement starts today. So I mentioned at the beginning of the pod that Arthur himself is actually a great athlete and you just won a gold medal recently, did you not? That's right. So break it down. Uh, It was the world game. Just break it down a little bit, your experience. Yeah. So this was this was a gold medal won at the Gay Games 2018, uh, hosted in Paris, France. Mm -hmm. I'm on a swim team here in D.C. where we swim competitively, train all year round, six days a week. 
Six cool. days a week. Six days a week. Yeah. Holy shit! I didn't realize you guys trained that much. Yeah, no, it's a bit. It, these guys are these guys are not fucking around. So when do you at train all. before work? No, it's always after work. Seven thirty. Oh, seven thirty to nine. Every on, night, seven thirty to nine on weekdays, and then except for Friday weekends, we we do uh, nine thirty to eleven. So you have one tonight, Saturday, Sunday. No, no, AM, AM. Oh, Sunday, oh, Sunday morning, yeah. Sunday, Saturday, Sunday's AM. So. Oh wow. Yep. So this team that I got linked up with here in DC is LGBTQ based. So uh-huh. we have a you know the the uh very active in you know that community obviously and they they they've been around for uh since the 90s so it's a big well-established group that's known across the country and also internationally they travel frequently to meets here in the area then you know and then there's a an annual meet that's hosted by the international gay and lesbian aquatics uh association which is igla Uh and that is what 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 we saw is so that's every year and then every four years they do a, 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 the gay games yeah and that's not just aquatics but that's everyone every sport every every uh, LGBTQ based sport in the world right so yeah. they, it's they, it's basically the the gay Olympics and, yeah and uh, next year this year it's actually being hosted. Or no, four years from now, it's being hosted in uh, Sydney or, oh, or, or, me, or Melbourne, Melbourne, Melbourne. Oh, which, okay. you know, and and so I'll travel there, but. Oh, uh, you can go back and you can be on your Michael Phelps shit. Wasn't exactly. that his first Olympics? In, it, in, yeah, I think in, so. Uh, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Australia it was. Um, so, so this year, this this past year was in it was in Paris and DC, the team that I swim on is called Districts uh, District of Columbia Aquatics Club DCAC, yeah. and they. That of course we went to the gay games. Brought like twenty five swimmers. The DC yeah. as a group, we bought two hundred fifty athletes. So there's other athletes that. So went. what other teams do we have? We have we have every single sport you can imagine. We have you know football, basketball, softball, you know track. Oh wow! Every you know everything that you can. Every, every like Olympics, sport. yeah. yeah it's basically, shit. I mean, you yeah, have two hundred fifty athletes. Yeah, these people are. Yeah, I mean, DC is filled with this type of opportunity for yeah. all the listeners. If you're interested, you know, you can you can you can find this kind of stuff easily, whether yeah. it be intramurals or official practices. But particularly when it comes to the swim team, this team this team is dialed in. This team is very dialed in. We have some of and we you have, guys were world champions, right? Well, we got or, no, we we didn't we didn't quite get world champion. We got set. We were second to France, oh, who brought that's a fucking good of, though. That's still so, good. Yeah. So, so we only brought twenty five athletes. France had like, or or it was actually London that beat us. London had they had like two hundred swimmers. So, okay. no, it's a, swimming can sometimes be a numbers game. Yeah, but this okay. we we uh, the because the, you get points for different um, events. Well, that, yeah. So, okay. so you, you you can in an event like this where it's an invite and you have. Um, uh, all the they're doing through the whole events. You know, mm-hmm. every single event you would see in the Olympics is also being run at this event in swimming. So we have our team, and we have, if we have twenty five people, everyone can swim four or five times. That's realistically how much you could swim. But you, if you had two hundred mm-hmm. athletes, they could all swim four or five times, and yeah. they would you'd obviously end up scoring more points because the scoring system works. First gets ten points, second gets like seven, and then yeah. it goes down by one from there. Uh, so okay. down to like eighth place. So, so then you eight. add up everybody's yeah. results and then the team. So if you had 250 people get eighth yeah. place, you would beat someone that had two summers get first, right? Okay. You know, so yeah. Um, so it is the more the the more the merrier. In right. a sense. So like you yourself are not a member of the LGBTQ community, but obviously you're a, you're a key member of the team. Like, how did you find out that? Like you were allowed to be on this team. Right. Yeah, like, that's a good question. The prime directive of this like group is is uh, inclusion, right? Mm-hmm. So the way I discovered this team, and like David said, I'm not I'm not um, uh, gay. I don't feel associated as gay, but I am an ally, of course. I I am also a swimmer. I swam in college, and I what I wanted to do in DC was look for an opportunity to swim competitively again yeah. at a high level. So I was scouring the internet and contacted a lot of clubs. And this one stood out to me, DCAC, the, this LGBTQ-based team, mm-hmm. because they had a robust competitive schedule. They're doing seven, eight meets a year, and wow. they're practicing six days a week for an hour and a half. I re- I basically I I reached out to them and, and asked if you know I, t- I just told them straight up my what my deal was yeah. you know and that uh, I'm an ally you know and I'm a, I'm an ally and I'm looking for an opportunity similar to what you're advertising. Can I come try it out? And and they like absolutely they had me they had me around and and. You know, transparency is key with these people. These, you know, like yeah. they, the, they, this community loves like to, you know, people's stories. You know, and as long yeah. as, you know, as as long as we're all there working to swim, or even just to hang out, they, it's just it's, it's a yeah, it's an open community. And and they they the, the truth is that these guys are one of the most dialed in, like competitive. No, no, you know, 
no bullshit team swim teams in in the country i mean and i saw didn't you guys have like the fastest uh well, you're yeah. a freestyler right i'm a freestyler yeah. so wasn't your team like the fastest freestyler yeah no uh, joke team in the country so we had 30 people in the top we had we had 30 swimmers in the top 10 for u.s master swimming which is amateur swimming over 25 years old so my one of my relays in particular yeah with three other guys you know my age we we had the fast time in the united states for the 200 freestyle relay that's why yeah we're third place in the 200 medley and third place in the four medley so these guys in the whole were, country in the whole country for master yeah. swimming anyone over 25 plus that's an amateur we we beat them all you whoop yeah. Them. Yeah. yeah that's crazy so like i mean then like that's for you it's like you were a college athlete it for you it was like you were just looking for like high level competition and it seems like this is like the best swim team in dc no right doubt. so no it's doubt. like you're going for like who can really ball out there right, right. and so are they they're they're they they're are too yeah around. yeah they're they're have so yeah. much fun don't get me wrong these guys have these are like the you know these guys are like my close friends we go out all the yeah. time we have, i have so much fun with these guys but they have the the perfect balance these guys are they the, take the that shit athletes. serious yeah, and i've met a lot of them they're great guys yeah and i i know you guys like hang out a lot and there seems like a real team camaraderie as well absolutely yeah it's 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 very unique you know in that it's a situation that has similarities to what my college team was like but uh-huh. it's you know now when you're 26 to find something like that it's really not uh, uh, you know makes yeah. me want to stay in dc just to like be around yeah. this team for the next you know decade hell yeah so um you were just mentioning your college team does it feel like as intense of a practice schedule and stuff as you had were used to in college or how does it compare to that experience yeah. no that's a fair question and it's not quite as intense as it was in college you know wh- yeah I-, I will say that my my i was so i went to beloit college in mm-hmm. wisconsin beloit wisconsin is right you know between madison and chicago and it's it wasn't it's D- division three and the the athletic conference was also you know of course division three but it wasn't um, high stakes like you might see it even like you know of course D one D two and then other higher powered schools so my D three experience was we were practicing about fifteen hours a week and that's of course a lot more than I would do yeah. here in DC just yeah. because circumstance and everybody has jobs so it's yeah. not the same yeah. but I will say that there are swimmers on the team in DC DCAC that yeah. have that would would swim on my team and and at, at Beloit College and yeah they could have score. definitely yep, been yep. great varsity athletes yeah. there's no doubt I mean one of the guys on DCAC the swim team here in DC he yeah. he he was Big Ten champ in the hundred back oh wow yeah so yeah so you guys lost. have some it's not just like random like I'm here just to I mean obviously people are there to have fun but it's not just like a random intramural thing like people take that shit really seriously no, yeah, we, we put a lot of thought into lineups and we go to meets who's gonna score where who's gonna be on what mm. relay it's definitely it's definitely part of it yeah and it's a great environment to be part of just as you know in terms of motivation and staying interested yeah yeah so you know you're just talking about your your college athlete experience right uh, Beloit is d3 but practicing 15 hours a week that's still really intense so were you, when you obviously you swam in high school, I'm sure you've been swimming for basically your whole life, right? Right. So was there like a recruiting process with colleges? Did did the swim team factor into which college you decided to go to? It, de- it definitely did. There was a recruitment process. Uh, my high school was really high powered as well, and I actually, you know, I actually didn't start until I was in uh, freshman high school, and then I hit my growth spurt, mm-hmm. and I like got up to speed really quickly. I, and then I also didn't do super well my senior year, so I had a bad taste in my mouth. I was seeing, you know, I was looking at colleges in Wisconsin, got mm-hmm. into Madison, couldn't, had no chance of swimming there, but I really wanted to kind of, to round out my swimming career because mm-hmm. it didn't end well in high school. So it did come down to like, what can I swim at these colleges? Beloit College, had recru- the coach had reached out to me specifically on the phone. Yeah. Oh, that wow. meant a lot to me. And he said, you know, come, come on by, you know, we'd love to have you. And then. I stayed with the swim team there. I stayed at other schools in the Midwest too, you know, St. Olaf, Grinnell, Lake Forest, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he reached out to me personally on the phone and that meant a lot. So I was feel, feeling undervalued as I left high school. Yeah. But and I, you felt like you left something on the table like right. that you still could accomplish. But yeah. I was set – and then I remember talking to him and we are comparing times with his current team and I was set to be one of like uh, the more – significant contributors mm-hmm. you know top three on the team right off the bat mm-hmm. and like that turned out to be true and i you know i just i like really I, yeah it really appealed to me yeah yeah so, so i was what, recruited yeah so what was it that to you was it that the coach 
expressed that interest to you? Would that put Beloit over the top in terms of Grinnell, St. Olaf, some of the other schools it that did. we're talking? It did to put. You? It did. It did make a big. It had a big deal. Yeah, it had a big effect on me. And, and um, you know, the school did give me money scholarship wise. Yeah, that helps know? big time. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't an athletic scholarship, yeah. but I I got in. You know, immediately. Yeah, I got the academic scholarship immediately. Yeah. yeah, it helps. That's awesome. Since you were recruited, since you were an NCAA athlete, I thought this would be perfect. Also, because we're, it is March, everyone, if you haven't checked your calendars. That means March Madness is coming up. Conference tournaments are just wrapping up today. Michigan and Michigan State are tied at 48 with six minutes left. Yeah, baby. Uh, So March Madness is about to start. Everybody's going to be filling out their brackets. I know we can't wait to see, uh, you know, when Barack Obama picks every single one seed to go to the finals again this year. Uh, My man, I'm not trying to roast. I'm just saying he doesn't pick a lot. of. He picks very safe brackets. (laughs) He picks the safe brackets. He goes chalk. So I thought it would be perfect to quiz you on some NCAA rules and violations, both in terms of recruiting, in terms of practicing, because um, I've got an expert here, so I had to take advantage of that. And especially because this is one of the unique times of year, other than, I guess, with the college football championship game. But I feel like March Madness is the biggest because people have the brackets. I feel like this is the biggest time of year where people oh, yeah. think about college sports. Oh, yeah, it's madness. More than any other. It's March Madness. I'm really excited <laughs> for it. I'm sure you are, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, on Scani. And uh, yeah, yeah. we'll see. Is that what they say? They say on Wisconsin. <laughs> Close yeah, Scani's more of like a jab. You know, it's like one-liner. You know, it's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, Arthur, I have got a couple questions for you, and I'm going to give you two different options with each of these. Okay. And all you have to do, and I'm sure this is going to be really easy for you because you went through this whole process yourself. So all you just have to do is just tell me uh, which one. I'm going to have two options. One of them is going to be a, a violation or a rule, and the other one is going to be something totally made up. Okay. That's not a rule. And you, all you have to do is just tell me which one's real. Which and that's all. So which one is the rule? which one's the violation, okay. Okay. and then which one is fake? Okay. I mean, obviously it'll speak for itself. So I'll just have you tell me which one is the okay. real one. Okay. So this will be the first one. This should be easy because uh, we were just talking about your recruiting, uh, your recruiting process yourself. Which one of these is a NCAA recruiting rule? Is it that a coaches are not allowed to deliver recruiting letters in person to high school athletes, or is it b coaches are not allowed to sleep over? At the house of a high school athlete. Which one do you think is a rule? Yeah, B. They're not allowed to sleep over. Actually, Arthur, you're starting off (laughs) slow. I know you're a very smart guy. And obviously, as you just mentioned, you got into (laughs) Beloit with an academic scholarship. But coaches are allowed to sleep over with recruits. Wow. But they're not allowed to deliver letters in person. Can you believe that? Oh man, I feel I feel like I, I didn't get the royal treatment when my coach, my future coach, we could have slumped. You could have had a slumber party, bro. Like you missed it. Yeah. So there is a letter. Like there is a rule. Obviously, and I don't know if you how much mail you got, but there's different stories about people mm-hmm. getting recruited where you get like a shitload of yeah. mail, like boxes and boxes full of mail of every school. So I think you're basically allowed to send as much mail as you want for the most part, but. You can't deliver it in person. You have to actually send it through the mail. But you are allowed to sleep over. Wow. Now, that seems like there's other maybe like sort of laws about – obviously, I'm sure they're not doing anything romantic because that would go into different laws. Yeah, different laws there. Uh, (laughs) But like (laughs) that are not really under the NCAA, more under like the United States legal system. But uh, so Jim Harbaugh, very famous coach for the University of Michigan – he actually slept over with a player he was trying to recruit, um, and they like played video games and like stayed up late and like, eating snacks and stuff. Wow! Because the pl- he he just did, and the guy ended up going to uh, I yeah. think USC instead. That would probably work on me too. Yeah, and that really sh- and you were just saying like the reason you went to Beloit partly was because the coach showed you that like I really care no, about you, true. I really want you on this team. No, so, so true. He called that, me twice, and that made a big deal. I mean, but if he had been playing Smash Bros. in my basement, I would have <laughs> for sure been Yeah, there. then you're yeah. like, I'm going. I mean, yeah. So I can't believe that this guy did not go to Michigan after having Jim Harbaugh sleep over with him, but that is allowed, which is crazy. So, oh, for one, it's okay. You still have a chance to redeem yourself. Number two, is it either college basketball players are not allowed to spend less than four years in high school or college basketball players are not allowed to spend more than four years in high school? 
Which do you think is true? So I would say that college. Give it, all right. They have they can't spend less than four years because they have to graduate, right? So that's again uh, <laughs> oh for two, Arthur. I'm wow, really sorry. Yeah. Marvin Bagley actually last year, who was I think the number two or three overall pick for the Sacramento Kings. He was only in high school for three years, and he decided to graduate early because Duke had an extra scholarship spot open, like sort of unexpectedly. So even though he was only a junior, he was just like, I think I'll graduate. Wait, so is he like taking like a bunch of AP classes then? I think they were just like, yeah, go ahead, Marvin. I don't, I don't know I don't know about the AP classes, to be <laughs> yeah, honest. Uh, I don't know this one chick that got a bunch of college credits and graduated junior year, but Marvin Bagley, he could, he could be smart like that. He could be really smart. I have a feeling Coach K was just like, "Hey, we'll figure this hey, one out. Yeah. You just you just show up." So yeah, that has happened before. They call no it way. they call it reclassifying. I think it. Ha- <laughs> I, Duke Duke is good at it. Duke has had it happen a couple times. So if you have an extra scholarship spot open and a guy who's like a junior has already committed, like I want to come next year, there are ways to just say like, okay. "Why don't you just come this year?" And they just say you reclassify so that you just join a new class. And then you just kind of – I'm sure they have some way they work it out with summer classes or something. Right, get that GED, right? Yeah. I'm sure that. they just work it out like that. But I agree with you. It does seem like a little weird. So so what would happen if, if someone – you said the alternative though, the other part of the question, which is true, they yeah. can't play more than four more years than in high four. school. So what yeah. if they failed 10th grade? Yeah. Now? So if you fail 10th grade, you're long – You're no what if you What if you – Aced freshman year, tail friend, failed tenth grade, aced junior and senior year, yeah. and then you aced your super senior year. You still can't play. Yeah. Wow, that's hard. Yeah. So what? You just had a bad year. And though. some guys do do like uh, there are some players who start in college when they're nineteen or twenty, but those guys have to take post grad years. So you go to these special like IMG Academy, which is one in Florida. Hargrave, these different like sort of academies, they take post grad years at like boarding schools, prep schools. So that's the oh, kind of the way they go around okay. it. So, trying to, yeah. so they take a post grad year in between college and and then you're so you're like you're already technically graduated from high school. You still get to play against other high school students. I don't even under really understand how that's um, okay. Um, I had a friend in college who went to Exeter, which is a very fancy boarding school where like I think George Bush went and shit. Yeah. And he was saying that like they had all like their whole lacrosse team was post grad, so they would have all these like twenty year olds just, just like crushing like sixteen yeah. year olds. That's weird. Which seems unfair. <laughs> yeah, it does. But uh but yeah. like looking back, like I don't know about at your school, but at my college, like the whole lacrosse and hockey teams were like twenty five years old. Really? Because they I mean I'm exaggerating they were, slightly. Right. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. But they all did like one or two post grad years, so then by the time they started college, they were like way bigger than everybody else. That seems like it shouldn't be allowed to me right. either. But yeah, anyway, so over to Arthur, but you're doing okay and we're learning a lot. That's sure. the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Number three, is it a school uh, must send mail in envelopes that are nine by 12 or smaller or a school can't put too many special stickers on their mail? Which of these is a recruiting violation? Definitely going to go with the stickers. The U.S. mail does not like those stickers. I'm gonna have. I, I want to say it has something to do with it. Okay, so you think stickers. you think it's the stickers? Actually, this time you are right. Yes. Give me some. <laughs> and I actually sort of cheated because both of these are recruiting violations. Oh, damn you. <laughs> no, so I, you still got it right. Either yeah. way, either way, I, I needed to give you, you one. Just free, free for <laughs> yeah. Self confidence. Yeah. So there's a lot of mail rules. You can't deliver it in person. You can't have bigger than nine by twelve. I guess they don't want you to have like a giant piece of mail that yeah. seems cooler than other people's mail. And yes, yeah, schools have gotten in trouble for putting too many stickers on yeah. their mail. I guess too much swag and then it's kind of showing off. So you're back on track. You're back on this scoreboard. Next one. And this this is more about uh, while you're in now college, recruiting is over, and you're, you're already a varsity college athlete. Is it a violation for an athlete to borrow a coach's phone? Or is it a violation for an athlete to borrow a coach's vehicle? One of those is a violation, and this time I promise I didn't cheat. Yeah, I think I think it just seems more unsavory to me to borrow the cell phone. Hmm. I'm gonna guess that, or I'm gonna I'm actually gonna lock yeah lock, lock this it in. in. It's 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 a violation to borrow the cell phone. Well, I'm sorry, Arthur. Uh, obviously, at Beloit, <laughs> they didn't really explain the way recru- the recruiting NCAA violations work. Because uh, just a couple years ago, actually, a college basketball player got in trouble because. He bought a used mattress from one of his assistant coaches. That's okay. You're allowed to do yeah, that. You're showing on that. Excuse me. You're allowed to do that. But where he crossed the line, 
he borrowed his coach's pickup truck to move the mattress, and that was a violation. Really? So I think he had to miss some time playing, and the school kind of got in trouble for for that because he borrowed his car. That's crazy, right? It's like, I mean, to me, that's crazy. I do not understand how that helps you in any way in terms of like performing on the. No, there must have been some incident though. I bet you could boil down each of these rules to a particular incident in which, like, the coach borrowed the kids, like kids, kids borrow (laughs) coach's car, and like. Hotboxed it. I mean, they might have some sort of reason, like you said, Something where it happened, seems like dude. it could cross the line. But some of these, it's just, it seems really in the weeds. Okay. And the NCAA's yeah, are agree. crazy. I mean, the NCAA has a lot of rules. That's kind of the point of this whole thing. So number six, we, and you're doing great so far. Uh, I really am. Is it which one of these is a rule for NCAA athletic departments? Is it that teams must provide food and refreshments to their athletes? Or teams are not allowed to provide too much food or refreshment to their athletes. Boy, I'm going to go with the first one. They must provide food, right? Is that the... So actually... (laughs) (laughs) What? So actually, uh, they're allowed to provide food, but only to a limited extent. And you're not allowed to uh, provide too much food. So there was actually a situation where a football team went to an Italian buffet. This is real situation. <laughs> and a few fellows on the oh, team ate what was seen to be beyond a reasonable amount. Oh, I bet. Which it's like, I love buffets and you don't tell me what is a reasonable right. amount for me to if eat about a buffet. You're going to get prepared for anyone to eat as much as they can. Exactly. That is the point of a buffet. So each of the guys had to pay back. Like, it was like $3. Like, because no it was a buffet. But they had to pay <laughs> back for this violation. Be- and it was like, I don't know how the school decided, yo, these two linemen ate too much at the buffet. Oh, and everybody else did it. Like, and oh, to me, man. as a buffet lover myself, that's I think that I can't believe it that because that is the point of buffets is to eat an unreasonable amount and push your limits. It's a personal test of your physical and stamina. Right, right. Like the I did around no, no, 100%, 100%. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I mean when we would go to these buffets after meets when we're on the road at Beloit College, yeah. we would eat as much as you can. Oftentimes putting desserts in our pockets loading up mm-hmm. for later that night. You know, I mean like we were that was that was you know feeding time. And little did you know, you could have been charged like a dollar seventy five for taking I'm like a chocolate croissant. I'm so glad they didn't catch so, me. <laughs> so when you did that, like, was it um, was it paid for by the school? So they're just like everybody right. pounded the buffet. It was. Yep. Yep. We just you know those were the ones where we're on the road overnight. Yeah. You know, and we would um, yeah, we would show up and eat. That they would pay for ahead of time. We would. Just you know, and they never said like buffet. boys don't eat too much. They were never, just like go go for it. Never it happened to us once in high school where they had us they had us pay the difference. Once. Oh really? Not with a buffet, but just like it oh, supposedly open tap. But uh, that was wow. that was that was a little different. In, in college, you just yeah. I mean, wow. you, gotta, you gotta fuel up. I couldn't believe it either, especially for football players and I know swimmers as well. You guys pound a lot of calories. Well, so I mean, those. How are they to decide what is a reasonable amount for you to eat? That to me seems like very, very subjective. But I feel, here's here's okay. The origin of that one, if that's if that's truly sort of mm-hmm. ridiculous. But what I could see is that coaches buying like groceries for students mm-hmm. that needed some help. Yeah, in that in, in that way potentially violating mm-hmm. the rule to not overfeed. But you know, if there was no rule, they could potentially be doing that i feel you i feel you so like and like you mentioned with a lot of these rules it's probably based in some sort of like this could cross the line if somebody did x or y but this Uh, one homies just ate too much at the time people just like eating too much (laughs) lasagna (laughs) all right you're doing great we're both learning a lot. What am I? One in four? And I, the, regardless of your score, my main, I just want everybody out there to know who's, you know, who's, who's listening to the pod, whether you're on TMZ, Bleacher Report, whatever it might be. We are not doing this to try to expose any sort of violations at Beloit College. That is not, <laughs> that is not the point of this exercise. So just because Arthur put, you know, a, a donut in his pocket. It's it, we're all it's all good it's all past. What you're a lawyer? What's it? What, what's you are past the time when you're allowed to? What's that called? Statue of limitations. Statue yeah, of limitations. It's expired. Yeah, it has expired. Yeah, we're fine. Don't, don't worry don't, about that. Don't research it either. <laughs> so we're moving on. We just have two two questions left, and this is actually a rule that uh, is no longer in place as of 2015. But I think it was such an interesting rule. I had to bring it up. So is it either that, A, college basketball players are not allowed to eat within 
20 minutes before the tip-off of their game, or college basketball players are not allowed to dunk within 20 minutes before the tip-off of their game? Ah, uh, boy. Um, all college players not being allowed to do one of these two things. That seems extreme. And like I said, said, as of 2015, this rule was changed, so maybe that's a sign NCAA is, is making some progress in some areas. Yeah, I'm just going to go with they're not allowed to dunk. You are right. You're yeah, back. Buddy. You're back. So actually, this yeah, you're absolutely right. In 2015, there was a really close matchup between University of North Florida and Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech ended up winning by only two points, and those two points were off of free throws that they were given because North Florida had violated no, that rule. Wait, so oh, okay, so it violated the rule. The other, team, the other gets- team gets two free throws. Wow, it's a technical foul. So they literally won the game off of the other team dunking before the game. And the yeah. guy who dunked for North Florida was like crying like oh, oh no, like because he, he cost his team the game. Yeah. But it's like, you know, in my high school basketball team, I'm, I was not on their team, but the players would all try to dunk before the oh, game 100%. just to show off. Right. And that's what they all do in the NBA. It's like a dunk contest before the game. 100%. So it I seems mean, absolutely up, ridiculous. If you show up early to the game and you're that guy sitting there waiting, I mean, you might as well see people dunking. I mean, yeah. So why why on earth would they not want people to dunk? Like, that's what's fun about the game. They, they're trying to they're trying to make people wait. You know, I guess, but it just seems I agree. Like to me, that's what's fun about the game, and I that's what I like about showing up in time for layup lines at like an NBA game. Yeah, it's a little extra. Is you get to flare. see everybody try like weird three sixties yeah, yeah. and stuff. No, and you're it's right. fun. Well, yeah, see them more in their natural habitat. Yeah, you want to see them doing what they're gonna do if you weren't if it wasn't yeah. a game. Yeah, and if somebody's like. I mean, if to a certain point, if you're that big, if you're six, seven, six, eight, six, nine, like it's almost easier to dunk than lay it up. Yeah, just dude. drop it in the basket. Like man, all these rules, man. A lot of rules. So this is the last one, and you're doing awesome. So which one of these is a rule? And this is actually in regards to college football and NCAA football. Is it that no cheerleaders are allowed at practice, or no robots are allowed at practice? Which one of these do you think is a rule for NCAA football? I think as a college athlete. Cheerleaders, cheerleaders can be pretty distracting, and the NCAA, with the you know, with the best interest of the performance of their athletes in mind, they're going to ban the cheerleaders. Wow! So actually, I know it sounds ridiculous, but no robots are allowed oh, to practice. Man. I don't think there's a ro- rule about cheerleaders, but maybe there is. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> this was a crazy situation where the head football coach at Dartmouth, um, of course, it would be a, a nerdy school, but uh, he decided to use robotic tackling dummies so like so players could practice tackling form wow. not on just like standstill dummies but things that could actually move yeah they're on wheels um but they actually got in trouble not for really. using this which is crazy because you would think that it's actually like a safer way to practice playing football not right. having people it, tackle each other yeah, right, right. but they got in trouble because they're not allowed to use robotic devices on the field during practice pretty Bo- crazy yeah that is bogus that kind of they're, they're they're worried about the nerds getting an advantage. Yeah, yeah. They're worried they're about, about the how nerdy good schools. MIT would be at football if they're allowed to use robots. They had a whole robot practice. practice team. Yeah, yeah. Be You're insane. right. They might have to have a robot quarterback. Yeah, yeah. That'd be that'd be too much. Yeah, that'd we be, can't have that. No, we can't. No, have I'm that. glad they have that rule. Good. Yeah. So it's yeah. important. So Arthur, you did great. Uh, you did great on the quiz, and um, yeah. you know it's okay. Even though you <laughs> might have gotten you know a couple questions wrong we still both learned a lot that's the most important thing oh yeah 100%. and i think the big moral of the story is ncaa while we appreciate everything they give us with all the sports and entertainment to watch they might still have some room for improvement here with some of these rules yeah, some of them. they're holding us down yeah just a little bit actually just an NCAA athlete less than a year ago and was participating in March Madness was a fellow by the name of Mo Bamba. Uh, Now you're I'm sure familiar with him and also the song named Mo Bamba. Now a lot of people it got to a point where the song is way more famous than the actual athlete Mo Bamba and I'm not pretending just so everyone in the I'm Open family knows. I didn't just find out about the song Mo Bamba. I've known about it for a while, probably longer than you. So don't be laughing like, <laughs> oh, you're late because I, I've known about it. Okay. I just didn't want to judge until Mo actually had time to come out 
play his rookie season. Sure. And some NBA fans out here, I've actually seen people on Instagram, like, I, there was one post, and who knows if it was a joke, but one person was like, OMG, they actually made a player after the song Mo Bamba. Like, some people didn't realize that the song was named after the player because Sheck West and Mo Bamba grew up together in New York, and they knew each other growing up. Right. So it was like a shout-out to his friend. And what's really cool about the song, and we've mentioned this before on the podcast, is that when Sheck West made the song, Mo Bamba was actually still a senior in high school, and it was partly about his recruiting process, the coaches calling, right? Oh, That's part right. of the song. The coaches were calling his friend because every every single school wanted Mo to go and play for their school. So he made the song while his friend was still in high school. Now Sheck West blew up, Mo Bamba blew up, and it's like everybody eats. That's great. Only thing is, Mo Bamba, he's had his rookie season, and he's been doing okay. But he hasn't like totally been like lighting it up. He's been averaging six points a game. He's been coming off the bench. Okay, yeah. So he hasn't been like dominating. Yeah. So in terms of the lifespan of the song and like the pop culture now of Mo Bamba, because I feel like it's like a pop culture thing more even than a sports thing. Yeah. Is it cooler if Mo Bamba becomes like a superstar, all-star level player? Or is it like funnier in a way if he just becomes like a sort of random role player, but he has this huge song about him? Um, like imagine if there was like a song about like Fabo Cephalosha or something right, like yeah. that. Which that which which would – I mean obviously we're all rooting for Mo to succeed and we want everybody to succeed. But like what do you think is like a funnier outcome or a more interesting outcome for the song? Like do you think if he becomes like a super superstar and Sheck Wes in a way like predicted his friends like rise to stardom – or in an ironic way, like if he actually just becomes like an average player. Yeah, I probably would personally find it more enjoyable if he was going to be, a, you know, raw, raw biz in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, it it and the way it currently is, it takes away from the song entirely. I mean, it's a pump up song. Mm-hmm. A lot of sports, like you know, college sports teams are playing that song mm-hmm. to pump up. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, he turned out to be pretty average, if that. I mean, you know, and 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 it does. I don't know, like. If you boil his career as it stands right now and and equate that to the message of the song, when you're listening to it, you really your goal is like you know to be at, you know the best. If you're gonna be like uh, Mo Bamba, you're just gonna be you know barely in the league type. Of person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and let's be honest, he has a lot of potential. He he's only 20 years old, right? So in his only his rookie season, he still has time to come up. But it, it it's kind of funny and ironic to me how like the song has now, and I wonder to him like he probably fucking hates the song by now. Like I think at first it was super cool, right? But now that it's like everybody's like, Whoa! oh yeah, no, no, you're right because he hasn't done enough to overcome the legacy of the song right now. All he is the so- is all he is is the song. Yeah. So he would have to do a lot actually to overcome the notoriety of the song. He's gonna have to be fucking. Good. He's gonna have to be sick, yeah. And, it, and as soon as he is, we'll know when he's reached that point because there'll be another song. There'll be Mo, Mo Bamba 2. Mo Bamba 2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I hope for him, like, he seems like a really nice and fun and funny guy. I hope for his sake that he does, like, supersede the, the song. Yeah. Because I feel like probably when it first came out and he was a freshman at Texas and he was still kind of like – not like, people knew him who were, like, college basketball hoop heads, recruiting yeah. heads. Well, a lot of people probably didn't really know who he was. But the fact that the song came out, like, I'm sure at, at first he was like, this is so dope. There's a song about me. It's blowing up, but I feel like by now he's probably like you were saying a little tired of it because like the song is more famous than yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. That's kind of like defining his career so far because he hasn't mm-hmm. done anything special enough for us to forget about the song yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We started off this episode talking about um, Instagram, how people are kind of taking it a little bit far with the whole GOAT conversation and everything. So I wanted to kind of bring it back full circle. And there's been some interesting sort of developments on and on uh, Instagram Live lately, just in the last couple weeks. First of all, um, Mario Balotelli, who's a very famous soccer player, um, Italian soccer player, 
he actually went on Instagram Live after he scored a goal. Like somebody passed him a phone and he immediately no went on Instagram Live with his whole team. No shit. That's do you think sweet. he took it too far? Do you think it's a better way of reaching out to the fans? Or do you think it's like, yo, man, focus on the game. This is disrespectful. Right. I think it's all of those things, honestly. <laughs> you think all, it's a little yeah, bit of both? Yeah. Because yeah. there's no doubt that that's the best way to reach the fans. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, if Aaron Rodgers, who's my personal yeah, favorite athlete in the world, you know, yeah. Packers, Wisconsin, me, yeah. my part of my identity, if he picked up his phone after scoring a touchdown and then it fell and was on live, you bet, I, I'm, I'm not only going to watch it, I'm going to watch it again and again and again, and I'm going to save it to my computer yeah. watch it later as your screensaver like yeah. i i mean you're right right so the 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 attraction there is so high as a coach from that perspective i would say wow do not do that what are you doing it doesn't matter how good you play you're you're affecting the rest of your team by mm-hmm. doing that distracting us largely from the goal you probably could handle it but like little johnny rookie johnny who's just here and he's 19 like do not teach him to do that mm-hmm. you know so i could see that that part but from my point as a stand as a fan like like I kind of want to see that stuff. Yeah, now. honestly, as a millennial, I feel pretty entitled to it too. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. Like we, whether whether it's like in the locker room, seeing teams celebrate after they win games, win championships, or like you like you said, seeing on the field, it's like we're used to getting so much access yeah. out of these players, right? But, but as, there, yeah, as a coach, things are different. And there is a chance, like you're saying, this guy is already a super duper star. Like he's already worked hard, obviously, to get himself to the top of his game yeah. and master his craft. But he, he might be sending the wrong message, and you don't want like your rookie who just got drafted to suddenly start doing Instagram live every time. It's like, dude, go right. to go lift some fucking weights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it is pretty cool, and it is like there's so many celebrations, whether it's soccer, football, basketball. Like there's so many celebrations out there. It's kind of hard these days to actually have a new celebration that yeah. nobody else has come up with. It's true. So the fact that he did that, it is kind of cool, it's and sad. I'm sure the fans were really hyped to be like, yo. We are seeing in the moment how this man reacts and celebrates 100%. to a goal. Now, on the sort of other end of the spectrum, uh, David Irving of the Dallas Cowboys recently retired on Instagram Live. Now, normally people hold a press conference or put out a press release or have an interview. He just went on Instagram Live and basically he was like, the NFL won't let me smoke weed. I like to smoke weed. He keeps getting violations and suspensions for failing the drug policy, but he was basically like, what do y'all want me to do? Like get addicted to painkillers and shit? Like for all my injuries? I'd just rather smoke weed, so I'm quitting the NFL. And he did an Instagram live. Okay. So, I mean, there's two questions in this one. Was he crazy to retire on Instagram live? And then the other one about, you know, his substance preferences and et cetera. Yeah, it's tough. I, you know, I don't know enough about his circumstances to yeah. say like whether he should be like advertising the the his marijuana consumption or whatnot. Yeah, you know, there's circumstances where I would feel like it was totally acceptable, and others where this context would be less acceptable, like mm-hmm. party situation, right? And like, yeah. but I think it's awesome when the talent of these leagues, like the NFL, speak out and mm-hmm. put their foot down and say yeah. this is how it should or shouldn't be, especially when they speak for a large percentage of the players themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, the I you know, with all these trades and contracts and salary caps, I often am left feeling like the the talent is just a trading chip and they get mm-hmm. they kinda get used and abused. They get paid a lot, right? But some of their they forego a lot of opportunities as humans to be traded from city to city yeah. and put on display like animals sometimes, right? Yeah. So I am always gonna be in favor of this player's Having, yeah. a, having more of like an influence on what the policy is. This is a p- the interesting talking point, obviously, with the whole marijuana usage and then mm-hmm. I felt to deal with pain especially. And it sounds like this guy was sensitive to the fact that this is how he's going to, you know, he would not like to use opiates, right, instead mm-hmm. of painkillers. And I think, you know, the only way for this stuff to change is for people that are living it to come out and, and push culture in one direction. This is a great example. Mm-hmm. I support his message, yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting because obviously, you know, we already have a huge opiates problem in this country. And the fact that so many people are getting prescribed painkillers and then getting addicted by the end because painkillers are addictive, even if it's something that your doctor tells you to take. take So for some people, like, yeah, maybe maybe alternative methods like David Irving or like prefers marijuana, like maybe alternative methods are in a way safer. Yeah. Um, You know, on the other hand, though. 
every job has rules. Like, you know, this, unfortunately, like doing this podcast is not my full-time job. Like you swimming is not your full-time job. Yeah. Um, so there's certain rules, like you have to show up on time. You have to, whatever, like there's certain rules about every job. So that's part of the give and take. Um, and maybe it's like, I mean, I appreciate him taking a stand, but it might be a situation where, you know, he's maybe paving the way for future players, but I don't really think they're going to be like, oh, sorry, David Irving, we'll let you come back and smoke weed. I think yeah. they just might, maybe five years down the road, they'd be like, hey, let's think about this in a different way. Right. Well, it starts a discussion. And what makes, mm-hmm. in my eyes, because I do agree that, like, when you're employed by an organization like the NFL or the NBA, like, ultimately, you do have to follow their rules in the same way that I can't wear a hoodie and sweatpants to work yeah. at the law firm because those are the rules, right? Yeah. But this is a person who was retiring, right? And, and it's an opportunity to voice your concerns because as an exiting athlete, he no longer is subject to these like policies that would, you know, would precede your employment, you know, would dictate what you can do it and also be an employee of the NFL. Yeah. So he gets to say his piece and then, you know, and then not, you know, and not affect the existing organization because he's not out there subverting, you know, the, the rules and regulations of how, the NFL is, uh, they, you know, the, yeah. to, to, to start the discussion is a big deal though. And it's a, it's an issue that is very, very, very topical. It's not just yeah, like, is. I'm a party boy. I, I prefer to smoke weed. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, it's strategic, yeah. you know, and he, he probably would not accept an offer to go back to the NBA and smoke or he probably, know, his yeah. goal is not to go back to the NBA and smoke weed. His goal is like, I'm done with basketball football, and I'm, yeah, or, or yeah, excuse me, yeah, football, sorry. Yeah. He's no, you know, you I'm done with yeah. football and like, you know, he wants to make this point. And I think part like, back to the like access thing you were talking about about how now with Instagram Live we're used to access. Like I think it is kind of cool that he was like, "I'm taking this into my own hands." Whether it's people talking about fake news or whatever, you know, the media can present a story in a way that they want to do it. Yeah. And I think a lot of this fake Not news sure. thing I think is bullshit. But regardless. The media, I feel like, is bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, every moment, like, anybody can be, like, a source. Anybody can be, like, uh, have takes on whatever. So the fact that he was just like, I'm not going to do a press conference. I'm not going to do an interview. I'm just going to literally go on my phone, hold it up to my face, and tell the fans how I feel. Some people might think it's unprofessional. But, I mean, look at uh, Players' Tribune, the thing Derek Jeter started, right? Or LeBron has his own uh what's it called unscripted or on what's it called lebron's where they they film each other after they film themselves after a game i forget what it's called but i feel like this is sort of a trend where people are like i'm taking control over the way i portray my message not not letting espn or whoever it might be spin it in any time right no it's a power move i mean and it shows that you know your your message isn't worth any sort of price on it you know going to the media is often you know, lucrative for a person that has something to say, but in this case, their message, what they want to say is more important than anything. I think it's admirable and it gives us an opportunity to take what they say at face value. Mm-hmm. And then, cause you know, I mean, it's true that the media, you know, they take sound bites and whatnot, and it could be what you meant or it could be what it, you're not, but you know, forego the little bit of attention you might get through, through ESPN and you say exactly what you mean. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's yours entirely ownership. That's a big deal. Absolutely. We've got to do something that we do every single episode here on I'm Open Podcast, and that is to recognize our Mask Off Performer of the Week. Now, the Mask Off Performer is someone who has revealed something about themselves lately. Of course, this segment is a shout out to our favorite astronaut, Future. Mask Off. This week, our mask off performance was by none other than Tristan Thompson. Somebody else who hasn't really done anything too special in his career, but uh, is is also very famous in pop culture. 
Now, he has won a championship, so that's very special, but it's not like he... I mean, he, he was playing well. He, he was getting a lot of rebounds, battling Draymond Green and stuff, but it's not like he put the team on his back. But yeah. he is another person who... His pop culture star is way bigger than his like actual basketball star. Yeah. Right? So, obviously, he's been in the news lately. Like, he just cheated on uh, Khloe Kardashian. Right, yeah. I get all the I get all those ladies mixed up. I, it, I think it was Khloe. It was Khloe. And he he was the father of her child, and he cheated on her, and he yeah. smooched allegedly. It was just a is just a innocent goodbye smooch to one of her younger sister's friends. Oh right, yeah. Uh, so Jordan. yeah, so it's getting so messy. Yeah. And then she had like a whole interview crying about it. So it's become like a big thing. We don't need to go into that. There's so many different outlets tmz other people who are who are giving opinions on right. whose fault is it is it chloe's fault for taking him back is it tristan's fault for being a dirty yeah. just perp all right that's up to anyway we, we don't need to get into that my question for you arthur is who should tristan be thanking because regardless okay everybody's mad at tristan but tmz is covering tristan like he's fucking steph curry yeah for somebody who scores like eight points and ten gets ten rebounds a game this man is having getting like mobbed by paparazzi. Right. Should be a nobody. And it's like, yeah, I mean, he's like, he's fine. He's fine, but he's not. Yeah, yeah. but he's not like a superstar player. He's yeah. not like nobody's gonna ever accuse him of like, oh, he's an all star player. So who should Tristan be thanking? Should he be thanking Chloe Kardashian for making him famous, or should he be thanking LeBron James for making him super rich? Because uh, a couple years ago, when LeBron James was on the Cavs with Tristan, yes. LeBron refused to sign his contract extension until the Cavs gave Tristan his contract extension. Wow. It was like a holdout. It was like a bro bro holdout where he was like, I'll wait until you sign Tristan, my friend, because I got along well. Yeah. And Tristan was also represented by Clutch Sports, which um, LeBron yeah. you know, helped start. So Tristan ended up getting $88 million in that deal, which now, looking back, is like, 88 million for Tristan. Yeah, what uh, happened there? <laughs> so, who 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 should he be thanking? Should he be thanking LeBron for giving getting him 88 million or should he be thanking Chloe for getting him on the front page? Well, of, uh, I think it just due diligence he should thank Chloe because Chloe gave, you know, has given him a child, which is awesome, right? Amen I mean, to that. Is, yeah, Amen there's to no that. no mm-hmm. doubt that that's the number one thank you know and then obviously there's the fame that's come with Chloe's drama which the Kardashians manufacture at an, at an incredible rate. Yes, and I do. think he probably knew what he was getting into when he jumped yeah. on that train, and yeah. he knew that this is how it's going to end. I mean, especially with his like actions being so like, you know, controversial. I mean, these guys are smart. You know, Tristan Thompson's smart. I think he could probably probably thanks Courtney for his his no- notoriety. It really Chloe. is. Yeah. Or Chloe. Yeah. It's okay. I get him confused too. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he can thank Chloe for anyone talking about him today. Yeah. Because otherwise, he's really irrelevant. I mean... You're right. His stat line is really... It's below average for a guy his size and someone who's making... Sounds yeah. like $88 million. 88 million. That's absurd. Yeah. I did not know that. That's big time. And, and, yeah. and, and for his uh, lifestyle now, which obviously involves a lot of money and his ability to fly around... Uh-huh. Uh, fly around smooching different ladies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. different ladies. <laughs> he can thank LeBron James. Holy crap. Because Tristan yeah. Thompson was never, war- never warranted yeah. that type of money. And like you said, there's a lot of players in the NBA who have big contracts who have over like hundred million dollar guys like Otto Porter, Chris Middleton, just different or right. who are like okay, they're not like household names, but you still have that money, and that's part of them. People are like, man, that's crazy. Like they make more than they make more yeah. than whatever uh, <laughs> Antonio Brown. This is bullshit. Right, yeah. Part of it's like okay, there's there's almost sixty guys on a football team. There's twelve True. guys on a basketball True. team. So just think of. The the salary cap in football is greater than it is for basketball. Yeah, but it's a fr- it's a it's a math problem. Yeah, divide it by twelve. Capita, yeah. Divide one hundred and fifty million by twelve, or divide two hundred million by fifty five. Like you know the the guys yeah, are gonna get no, more. It's, it's a little bit easier to grab a big contract in basketball. So I think you're right. He should be. I agree with you. He should be thanking Chloe because there's a lot of guys who have big contracts, eighty, ninety, hundred million, who aren't that that famous. No, no, and no. even guys like you know. Bradley Beal, who's like a super duper star. Yeah, I feel like Tri- Tristan is is more famous than Brad Beal. No doubt. Or like different guys who are, or like maybe even like Clay Thompson. Right. Different like big time players just because of 
Right. I mean, and there's a lot of branding that's done in these professional sports league NBA. Also what you're worth outside of the game does factor into what they're willing to pay you. You know, someone like Odell Beckham Jr. Who is a great receiver, Mm -hmm. but him alone cannot carry. He plays for the New York Giants. Him alone cannot, or not anymore. He he, he could not carry that team alone, but he he became the face of the franchise because he was so flashy and chic. Obviously he's not there anymore. He went to the Browns, but he carried that brand with him from his, you know, from his lifestyle outside of the sport that warranted, Big money, biggest money ever for a receiver, right, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're and right. and Tristan Thompson, someone who is going to eventually be evaluated on how much money they're worth. You start to think about the brand too. I want mm-hmm. to, you know, this is this player in people's mouths, and yeah, so you know, yeah. Khloe Kardashian puts him in people's mouths, and he puts himself in other people's mouths. That is, really <laughs> oh, God, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just sorry, Khloe. Sorry, I just couldn't resist. <laughs> it was so clean. It was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, I think you're right, Arthur. Um, wow, I'm sorry. I just got myself choked up over that one. Oh, boy. Uh, well, Arthur, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for coming on to the pod. Yeah. Um, I know our fans and the I'm Open family around the world is going to love it and just soak it up. And I can't wait to have you back on the pod again. Now, before you go, before you uh, leave the studio, is there anything else that you wanted to share with the I'm Open family? Any parting words for them? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, David, thank you for having me. This is so, so much fun. Um, you know, David and I go back a long time mm-hmm. and, and you know, it's great to be doing this here with him. I hope to be back. Um, but I would like to leave you this message. Go Packers. Okay. And, and also <laughs> go Bucks. Yeah. Hell yeah. If, um, if you're, if you're still looking, if you're out there and you're still looking for a team to root for, you know, research the Packers and you'll see why <laughs> it's the, it's America's team. Yeah, go Packers, and I and like and like we mentioned at the beginning, I think uh, Giannis Giannis is becoming America's champion as well. So you you feel if you feel like the if you feel like someone that needs a you know good working class team that you know mirrors your values as an American, go Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo is your man. <laughs> Hell yeah, you heard it here. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a fan base with open arms ready to welcome you if you don't feel like you know yes. where you belong. Thank you. Well, you're the fucking man, Arthur. Appreciate you having uh, coming in, making some time to come on the pod uh, amidst your busy swim schedule, and uh, can't wait to get you back on the pod very yeah. soon. Thanks for having me. I'm open community. All right. Can't wait to hear from you again. Thanks, brother. Yeah. See you soon. Thanks again for listening to the I'm Open podcast. We hope you had just as much fun as we did. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a rating, and tell your friends to listen to the show. And remember, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm open underscore pod for hilarious and one-of-a-kind sports content coming at you all the time. Everyone, have a great night, and don't forget to stay open.